Welcome to New Hope Underground, the podcast you are proud to call home. Today's episode is entitled, What to Eat During a Blizzard, and the Fascinating Mole Rat. And now here are the guys, Darren and Drew Hansen. Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. I'm Darren. And I'm Drew. And we're on Zoom again today. You know, they wouldn't have even known if you didn't say anything. I gotta say it, you know, we're trying to be real. We're real. Try to be, try to be honest, down to earth. It's not your mama's podcast. That's right. <laughs> exactly like your mama's podcast. <laughs> we are your mama's podcast. We, we probably are your mama's podcast. Your mom's probably listening to this right now. And if she is, she'd be darn proud of you that you're <laughs> listening as well. So that's all I've got to say. But hey, uh, it is freezing out. I mean, it is February... What is this? The 16th. 16th. And we just had a blizzard basically last night. Yeah, the last two days. I feel like it's just been snowing. I don't know what... Is there like a actual definition of blizzard? Like there has to be a certain yeah, I think it's amount when you, of snowfall. I, I think it's when you are able to turn it over in the drive-thru and it doesn't fall out. Uh, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know so, if there's a definition. Yeah, I wonder about that. I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna look that up while we're talking because I'm curious. Like, is there a, the definition of blizzard? I I I would imagine that there's got to be like some degree of snowfall, maybe or I think it's probably wind, wind speed. The National Weather Service defines a blizzard as a severe snowstorm characterized by the winds of 35 uh-huh. miles per hour at least. And lasting for a prolonged period of time, typically three hours or more. So two, two, two and a half hours of thirty-five miles an hour wind. Sorry, you're just you're not. It's got to have blow. Yeah, basically, it's like blowing snow that results in low visibility. Mm-hmm. So it has more to do with the wind producing whiteout conditions. You know, it has has more to do with wind than it does with actual snowfall. Nothing to do with ice cream or its texture. Well, yeah, that that's a given, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on. Yeah, you- That's the first type of blizzard. I'm talking about the second type of blizzard, uh, which is actual, you know, wint- wintry condition. Reese's peanut butter cup. That's what I'm talking about. Extra, extra, <laughs> extra, extra Reese's. You know, don't Is skimp. that your favorite blizzard? Yeah, it's the only blizzard. Don't skimp. It's the only blizzard. Don't skimp on the Reese's either. Pack that thing. In fact, buy another one. Buy, buy a Reese's separate and shove it in there. Yeah, I'd buy a few just to be safe. Hey, you can get those like little cup things. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. Little yeah. miniature Reese's. Yep. You just gotta freeze them a little bit, throw them in. There's your little blizzard tip of the day. There you go. Make your own blizzard. In fact, right now, if you're if you're somewhere located where we are, then all you gotta do is open up your door and uh, shove your cup out there <laughs> in the snow, and then throw some Reese's in it. There you go. You have a a Reese's Blizzard blizzard. Reese's Blizzard, Blizzard, man, that just blew my mind. So, <laughs> but it's been crazy. And what I want to say is, right now, I spent like an hour this morning. Mm-hmm. What? Well, it's closer to maybe two hours, an hour and a half, hour, hour and a half, I guess, of uh, out there on the tractor pushing snow around. And I'm just want to tell you something. And I got oh, I also got stuck today, so I had to shovel that out. But 
I, I have come to appreciate those guys that drive around and gals that drive around with those plows, man. Yeah, they're they're they're. Uh, I feel like they're they're just sitting there waiting for it to snow. You know. Like, oh yeah. Come on, and then it actually happens like it did the other day, and like a, a bell goes off, and they all they all get the plows, man. Like we, yeah, we get to we get to get our plows out. Yeah, first, and you've, first you've one's got, out. Some of the county people, they get those like Batman signals mm-hmm. and stuff, and they're mm-hmm. like, "We're ready to go." It's like three a.m. We don't care. Yeah, they're yeah. they're out there. It's time. It's time. It's my so, moment to shine. Big thank you to all the what I would consider right now essential workers. Blizzard first responders, pe- people who are plowing, <laughs> the peeps that plow. <laughs> I mean, they are essential workers, as far as I'm Hats concerned. Hats off to them, but I'm staying inside. Speaking of staying inside, what do you think is like, uh, like a major comfort food? You know, because God bless America. God has (laughs) given us incredible foods too. And and when you, there are certain foods that are just better during the winter time, like when you're closed up, snowed in, yeah. And you can't open the door because there's a drift a mile high, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just freezing, yep. and you come in from the cold. Yep. And you, what do you want to fix? Like, what what is the what's the go to comfort food? It depends for me. Um, I if I'm in a hurry, like if I don't want or if I just don't feel like cooking something, big bowl of oatmeal, man. Can't go wrong with oatmeal. Now, what kind of oatmeal? You do the instant stuff? You, no, I you know. make my own and I customize it so it's different every time. Like a little peanut butter, bananas. That's usually my go-to. Wow. Yeah. You could, you're really into the peanut butter thing. Oh, I love peanut butter. The Reese's Blizzard. It's and my favorite the, food. It's my favorite food. The the peanut butter banana oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, ever since I was a kid, for me, it's like, Hot macaroni and cheese, yeah, and or and or grilled cheese, or both, and anything else that's hot with cheese on it. <laughs> I was gonna say, but, you think I have a thing with peanut butter? You have a thing with cheese? Exactly right. But yeah, I wonder which listener, what's your go-to go? You know, comfort food. I mean, you gotta have something like, especially on a winter day like this. I mean, it's just it's it's been. I'm on a diet, so it's been taking all of my energy to not eat these kinds of foods because they're not on my diet plan. And, well, and, you just got to find something to re- else. reject the cup of cocoa that I so desperately want today. You can't have cocoa? No chocolate, no sugar. guess I could find some sugar-free cocoa. I'm sure you can. Just... I'm sure it tastes great, too. <laughs> yeah, probably not. There's no way that's going to taste good. I also like... No, um, I... Like I crave, like pot roast, or like beef roast. You know. There you go. When it's when it's snowing outside, I just don't. When it's always... snowing outside, it just makes you think pot roast. Yeah, man. Like just pot roast on a stack of mashed potatoes. <laughs> Get out of my a way. A beef Manhattan. A beef Manhattan. A beef Manhattan. That's, That's what, what they called me in high school. <laughs> that was your nickname. Yep. Drew. Beef Manhattan Hanson. Watch out. Beef Manhattan's walking down the hallway. <laughs> Get out of his way. Not sure if I want to know why you'd had that 
Yeah. Nicknamed don't, it anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, we welcome to New Hope Underground. We've already said that, but we're going to welcome you again because we've got, it's time for the actual news. The real news. Now, this is a fascinating article. I've read an article on, now this, this you would think would actually be something that we would save for the old Dr. Reed segment. He's not on today. I'll do my best. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, we'll go ahead and throw it out there anyway, because I, I really am fascinated by this. And that is, uh, researchers have learned, you know, have tremendous, have made tremendous leaps in knowledge when it comes to the naked mole rat community. Okay. So, the naked mole rat. You know what a naked mole rat is? Uh, I kind of can picture it. <laughs> it's the, it's the pretty darn, yeah, pretty darn ugly. Uh, and the name itself just is a good description uh, of what it looks it. like. I just Googled it. Oh, that was a mistake. That's weird. Yeah, thing. I shouldn't have done that. That is weird looking. But, but it's fascinating what these, uh, what the researchers have learned about naked mole rats. Okay. Uh, there was a researcher in South Africa that actually did a, uh, a series of tests, and one of the things they found out was that each colony of naked mole rats, they live in colonies, okay. and each, each colony has a queen, you know, much like a beehive, if you will. Yeah, okay. And not only that, but they have found out that that these mole rats can produce over, I want to say, sixteen hundred different sounds, and each colony has a distinct dialect. What? Like language? Yeah, they talk talk to each other in this distinct dialect. And what's really interesting is that they have found out that they're pretty well organized. You know, when it comes to the queen, they actually have certain uh, mole rats who will. Uh, guard the queen. They have like soldier mole rats. It's like a whole little civilization. Yes. It's like, uh, in fact, they described it as almost a Game of Thrones type of thing going on. So there's a social in the hierarchy in the, in the colonies? Right. And, and, and if a queen dies, all right, there is a period of anarchy and they notice a difference in the dialect it starts to change, and it's and, and there 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 are, are some other dialects that start up like uh, within the community uh-huh. until a and then they go to war basically until a new queen is rises to the top. And when it, when a new queen rises to the top, it brings everybody everyone calms down, and uh, their language is kind of restored according to whatever the queen kind of uh, chooses for the dialect. There's a life lesson in there somewhere. It's really interesting. They also are xenophobic. Now, xenophobic means, uh, and, I don't, and don't be ashamed if you don't know this, because I had to look it up, but I always thought it was, a, for some reason, I kept thinking it was fear of copiers. But no, xeno, <laughs> <laughs> that's xeroxophobic. I thought it was fear but of xylophones. <laughs> but xenophobic actually means that you uh, have a fear or you have a little, you don't like anyway, foreigners. Right, right, right. And naked mole rats are xenophobic. And the way that they can tell if a foreign naked mole mat, mole mat, mole mat, (laughs) if a naked mole... Is it through their dialects? I can't say it. Yes, through the dialects. So if a foreign naked mole rat comes from one colony and enters another colony... 
they can tell by the the dialect that it is foreign and they kill it. Oh man. They kill it because they do not want it and they think it's up to no good. And they don't want it in their colony. Okay. So um, anyway, just so those fascinating. Th- can they copy can they copy different colonies dialects? I don't know. I, that was not covered in the article. You could have a, maybe a spy. They, maybe they do. We, they haven't rat. learned that yet. Yes, yeah, some spy naked mole rats. But uh, I tell you what, any, everything goes with the queen or, you know, downhill. So anyway, it's just amazing uh, in these animal colonies. I mean, it's just amazing to see uh, that there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. Yeah, so they're learning these languages. Yes. Adapting to whatever the queen says. I hereby pronounce my dialect as the dialect of the colony. So they have to pretty much they have to drop their previously used dialect, adapt it to the to the monarchs the way of the, the kingdom. Right, and I'm pretty sure I think I th- I'm pretty sure they said that it was over sixteen hundred different sounds that I think they made. They had a, a they said each colony can consist up to about three hundred of these rodents, with a queen at the top of the hierarchy who serves as the only mating female. Man, she's... So, and then they have soldiers that will protect the entrance. Yeah, the soldiers will protect the entrance. But this uh, study they did was, oh, you know what? I am way off on the vocalizations. I apologize. I said 1,600. There was over 36,000 different vocalizations that the naked mole rats have. So when we when you talk about dialects, I mean, it's a combination of lots of different s- sounds and uh, etc. So it's pretty complicated, actually. It's really amazing. Where so, where in are a no, way, naked mole rats found? Like, where can you find? Where do they live? What's their habitat? You know, that's a good question. I couldn't find that right away, and I still don't really know. Maybe we can. You know, here's here's the thing. Where if you live close by. Naked mole rats, you just need to understand what's going on underneath the surface. Yeah, there's a lot more going on than what you think. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful because you don't know what kind of anarchy is going to ensue. I don't, I don't especially trust if them. A, especially if a queen dies. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Okay, so it says here that they live, the naked mole rat lives in, um, like, Central and eastern parts of Africa, so Ethiopia, Somalia, that, Kenya. That makes sense. Most of this, uh, these studies were done in South Africa, and one interesting thing is they will also live up into their thirties. Yeah. So they'll, they'll live up in their thirties. They appear to be resistant to cancer and actually immune from uh, some types of pain. They don't suffer some types of pain at all, like other animals. So, just, just amazing. Anyway, they, they are majestic. Few facts. Beasts. Few I just facts about were, the. I just thought they were gross. <laughs> yeah, when you first when you look at them, you're just like, "Why did God create those?" It's just unsightly. But uh, there's a reason for the naked mole rat, and apparently. It's a, a lot more like human than we thought. Including xenophobia. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if you happen to be xenophobic yourself... Stop it. If you are in your 30s... Stop that too. And if you are uh, 
don't have cancer and resist different types of pain. And also you have over 36,000 vocalizations, speak in different dialects, and also follow a queen. You're either British or a naked mole rat. Yeah, I was going to say, you're like either a British polyglot or, <laughs> or a naked there's a mole BuzzFeed, rat. There, there's a BuzzFeed uh, trivia or a little quiz for you right there. Are you British or a naked mole rat? Either or. <laughs> Hey, we got a great show for you today, like always, on and on as we go. So every single day, it seems like there's a conversation concerning the coronavirus. Did you notice this? No, what is it? The coronavirus. Have you heard about that? Uh-uh. It's, it's a virus that's out there right now. Uh, oh, it's getting, it's getting a lot of playtime. I've, I've got antivirus on my Mac, so we're good. <laughs> Have you got the vaccine yet? No, but yeah, there's I'm a, kind the of, vaccine's I'm out kind there. Of, I'm kind of uh, letting everyone go. It's not a political statement. It's really just because I've been kind of busy, and I want to make sure all the old people get it first. Yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. Makes you know, sense. Just, just trying to, you know, it's like letting someone go in front of you at the, in the queue, you know? Oh, that's good. In the queue for the virus, but not at DQ. You will not let anybody in front of you there. No, the all hell breaks loose at the DQ um, drive through <laughs> well, well, I want to talk about something serious here just for a little bit, because I, I, I know our podcast is so serious all the time. Uh, and that is this. What have we really learned about the church, about faith, if you will, uh, however you want to phrase it, in the time of covid and uh, so I'm going to let you go first, Drew. Do you have something? It's a good question. I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of lessons you can learn from it, especially personally. But the church as a whole, you know, I, my, I'll, oftentimes I'm volunteering or the work here for me at the church has to do with uh, worship or music or leading teams for that. And so... Um, from that perspective, I realized that we, <laughs> we had something online, but we weren't very good at it. I mean, it, not that we were bad, but it just kind of brought us, brought us, the online community to our attention. Just kind of hmm. by default, if that makes sense. Right. So, it's like we already had something online, but, uh, it really, because we couldn't meet together, it just kind of made us be more aware of the the presence and the potential of what we could do online. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we had something. I think at the time, before COVID, we were just doing, like, posting our sermons, um, you know, after after church or sometime in the week. Right, right. But, but now it's like, okay, how do we engage a community online? You know, and instead of just giving them content, how do we actually foster community? And that's that's a weird thing. I don't think we're probably got the answer yet, but no, it's better. It's better than what it was. It's yeah. I think that's a really good point. I think just with the use of technology, uh, we've and some people have told me they're just tired of it, the whole thing. They're tired of getting online. They're tired of Zoom, and I don't really. It hasn't happened to me. I'm not really tired of it. I I just see it as another tool to connect with people. I think it's great. In fact. 
I've, what I've kind of learned from it is that we need to use it more often instead of just not connecting with people at all. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's use it, you know, not yeah, be afraid I, of it. I think you're always going to have people that don't like something whenever the church gets, you know, starts doing something new. Well, um, I think it's also because... Have people that just don't like it. Yeah. Well, Zoom fatigue is a real thing because people use it for work all day. Then you use it for church, you, use yep. it, you know. So yeah, I I I get it. That's for sure. But I Is think you're right. School? I think it's uh, really woke us up to, to maybe how the church is not just about who meets together in the building at a certain time. Yeah, we before we would just use the internet or our technologies as a way to just produce content or give information. Right. You know, like website information. You know, if you really want to get involved, go here. And this will point you in the direction. And that, as opposed to now, where it's like, there's a whole group of people um, that this is the only way they're getting connected. Right. So how, how can we use it to pursue that in a deeper and more meaningful way? Like well, you said, we sh- haven't figured it out exactly. I don't think anyone has, but... Sure. That should also wake us up to the fact, and I think it has across the country, that uh, what, is the, what is the church exactly? You know, it's not about what we, you know, attending mm-hmm. a certain day of the week uh, to a service. And you can attend a lot and not really be a part of the church. And you can also be a part of the church and not attend that much. So mm-hmm. helping us, you know, trying to define those things. I think one thing I've seen that I think has been a real positive swing is uh, I was a youth pastor for a lot, a lot of years. And that one thing we'd always say is, hey, the ch- church is here and we're here in the youth ministry not to, you know, be the parents of children, but to come alongside of families to help you, you know, es- establish uh, some spiritual guidance of your own at home. And that's something we, we didn't always do very well, and, and not only that, but I don't think parents are really that open to it. They they still like to just drop their kids off a youth group and, hey, have fun. And you're not sure exactly what happens after that when it comes to spiritual guidance. But I've heard actual conversation, I mean, in conversation with people uh, during this year, I've actually heard uh, the words, if you will, the vernacular of a parent who actually is taking on more s- spiritual leadership. Because they, it's like, like, I don't know, just something like they just realized, like, Wow, I really need to leave my family here because it's, you know, we we can't go to church like we used to, or groups aren't happening like they used to. Kids, kid, the kids aren't plugged in like they should be. Right, uh, you have with, to take more responsibility. Yeah, I got to take more responsibility, and it's been really good to hear. And uh, mm-hmm. I've actually heard some families say, you know, I, I'm not so sure we uh, need all the things that the church, you know, the local church has to offer simply because. We're doing some of these things at home, and, and and I'm excited about leading that with mm-hmm. my family. And so I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like how you view school, right? So right. you can get an education at school, but if you're only learning between the hours of 8 and 3, between the ages of K through 12, then you're going to miss out on potential and more depth, like the depth of knowledge you can have. Yeah, that's a good analogy. When school went away for some people and you had uh, distant learning, parents had to engage more. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have much of a choice. Some people had to, had to stay home from work or work from home or whatever to try to help their kids along the way. 
And I think maybe a little bit of that awakening has happened with the need for spiritual guidance as well. So I think that's sure. a I think I think that's a good thing. Another mm-hmm. thing I think is kind of challenging uh, over this this last year is is that we can have a tendency, and I think this is everywhere and with all of us. I'm not pointing any fingers, but I think we can we have a tendency sometimes to withdraw when there's fear and. Oh, yeah. uh, I th- one thing I've learned over this last year is Christians can't withdraw when other people are suffering with fear. Uh, but it's 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 not really easy in our society, honestly, to uh, to engage uh, with other people to serve and help people who sometimes don't even want it. <laughs> right. I want you to stay away, but uh, at the same time. I think that ought to be our attitude oh, to not, not be afraid of things. Yeah, I, I'd say if if I if I had one other thing, um, I think it just brought to light the fact that we're not in control. I think ministries and churches like to operate from this from this perspective that you know we we can be over prepared and and we have to gather all the metrics. And we have to make sure these things are figured out. Um, and this season just made us realize, oh, wait, we can do all, all the pre- preparation and then the rug gets pulled out from underneath us. What, what's left? What, yeah. what is left? Is it, what's left of the church? And I think God brought that to light. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, actually, I'm in control. And you know, this is my people, not your, your club. That's you're really well, good. You're a well-oiled machine. That's really good. So true. Hey, these things, we just mentioned three or four things here, and the conversation is a good one. I would ask anybody listening, if you're a New Hoper, you know, I'd love to hear from you. We'd love to you know, DM us at uh, New Hope Underground on Instagram or Facebook messages or whatever, and just let us know. I would love to hear from you. What have you learned about the church or faith or when it comes to your own life, when it comes to, you know, because of COVID. I'd love to, love to hear your feedback and get that feedback. Hey, uh, hang on one bit. We'll be right back. Hey, we've come to the conclusion of another incredible podcast brought to you by New Hope Underground. And blizzards, Dairy Queen blizzards. Man, we don't even get any money from them. And we have to pay for a blizzard. That's okay. But that's okay. We're going to continue to mention it. So, and uh, I tell you what, we've had some great interviews with some junior high students lately on the on the show. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to them, go back and listen to them. But I've learned a few things just interviewing uh, some junior high kids. One thing I've learned is that these guys, as young as they are, uh, they've got some really, you got some really good heads on their shoulders. I mean, they they're like answering the questions left and right, and they they know what they what they want to do in the future and stuff. It's crazy. I, when I was a junior high kid, I mean, I just mumbled a bunch and ate chips. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. That's what I do now. <laughs> Dude, when I, yeah, when, I, 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 miss, when I was that I age, I just days. wanted to play basketball. Just, yeah, me too. Just give me a basketball. Get out of my way. I don't want to do anything else. Everything else is annoying. 
That's right. That was me too. I didn't really, I didn't think through all that stuff. And if somebody sat down to interview me, to interview me like that, I wouldn't be able to respond like these kids have. It's just been really, really good. So if you get a chance, uh, check it out. And we've got a couple more uh, coming up. So we're going to have a couple more interviews in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. And if you've got, if you've got somebody in our church that you just would really like to hear from, uh, tell us. You know, we'll go after them and see if we can get them get an interview. It'll be great. So it's just, I think it's just really cool getting to know people behind the scenes there. Uh, but underground. Uh, anyway. Hey, also we got some groups going on. We've been talking about these groups for the last couple of weeks, but I'm doing one on. I'm gonna I'm gonna just talk about my own group for a second, if that's okay. I'm doing one on Bible and Christianity questions and answers, and it is on Zoom, and it's just for three weeks on a Monday nights, starting March 1st. So March 1st, March 8th, March 15th. So is that is that kind of like a an apologetics approach, or is it more of just like basic Bible knowledge, or is it how to read the Bible, or no, is it, it all of it? it? It really is. We get on Zoom, whoever wants to join, and... I answer. I try to answer questions that people have. Mm. So that's really all it is. Stump the pastor. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be more than happy to say I don't know, or you know, we're going to have to find it somewhere else or whatever. But I think we've got a few. We got quite a few people signed up, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And we got room for more. So we have to do is go to www.newhopechurch.cc/groups, and then you click the banner at the top of the page. That'll take you to our specialty groups, and you'll see Bible Q&A. You click on that picture and sign up. And it's uh, it's just for three weeks, and if you can't make all three weeks, that's okay. Sign up, come for one, come for two, come for three, whatever you can do. And, but what's really cool is that— Three weeks even continuous? You, I'm sorry? Three weeks continuous? Three straight weeks, <laughs> 24-7. around the clock. <laughs> no Actually, eating, three, no sleeping? Let me be very particular. Three one-hour periods. Okay. Once a week for three weeks on Monday nights. Yoakum will, will be glad that you clarified. Seven to eight p.m. So yeah, check it out. And basically, just bring your question. You know, whatever question it is about Bible or Christianity or faith, and we'll we're going to talk about it. And what's really cool is that yeah, you may just have one question, but listening to the conversation that we have all together uh, that's sparked by the other questions of people in the group is really, really cool. I think mm-hmm. it's really cool, really informative and fun. So there you go. That's that's pretty much uh, pretty much my commercial, if you will. That's and a good that's, commercial. That's starting March 1st. You got me interested. Hey, thanks for listening once again to New Hope Underground and Drew. Uh, thanks for uh, hanging out with me again. Yeah, thanks for listening, Dad. And even though we're on Zoom, and even though it's a blizzard, we keep going. Hey, this is what we do, man. We're New Hope Underground. We don't mess around.